So we're going to begin today the Hanukkah Sicha from the Rebbe. It's the second Hanukkah Sicha that's published in volume 15 of the Lakuta Sichos. Today, the Sicha is going to explain us some very interesting things about the Rambam's way of putting the laws of Shalom Bayis in the laws of Hanukkah, even though he makes a connection with the laws of Shabbos, but he brings it down specifically in the laws of Hanukkah. And the Rebbe finds it very sourceful that there is a emphasis in the style of the Rambam that he's so particular and precise in his choice of words in law and even where he puts his law, like in which section, also tells us messages and important laws and his opinion overall on Jewish topics. So we're going to begin with the actual halacha that the Brambam brings down in the laws of Hanukkah. So in the end of the section of laws of Hanukkah, the Rambam says the following. If you have only one candle for Shabbos called Ner Besa, you have the candle for your household for Shabbos, Friday when you're going to light for Shabbos, and you have a candle for Hanukkah, or you have a Shabbos candle and Kiddush, and wine for Kiddush, in other words, enough substance that you need to make Kiddush, in other words, the, what the Rambam is saying is, if you have in front of you the option to either use one candle for Shabbos candles, or you have that same candle option, you could use it for Hanukkah, which one is more important? Is it more important to light your Shabbos candle, or is it more important to light your Hanukkah candle? Also, another question, he says, if you have your Shabbos candle or you have wine to make Kiddush, what is the law? What comes first? So the Rambam answers that Shabbos candles precedes both of them. If, In other words, let's say God forbid you're in a position, it could be because you can't afford more, so you can only afford one candle, or it could be that for whatever reason, you're traveling and you only have this one candle, or if you could have the choice, you could buy a candle or a cup of wine for Kiddush. So he says, the Shabbos candle comes first. That's your priority. Why is a Shabbos candle so important? It trumps the mitzvah of Hanukkah. And it even trumps the mitzvah of making Kiddush on wine. Why is it so important? Says the Rambam, because shalom bayis, shalom beise, shalom, peace in your house, is more important. And we're going to learn soon that the Shabbos candle represents the concept of peace. Peace in the house, shalom bayis. So, therefore, since shalom is more important, it's going to be more important as we're going to learn soon of the importance of Hanukkah, which is also a huge important mitzvah. And it's more important even than to sanctify the Shabbos with wine. Shalom bayis supersedes everything and therefore you should light your Shabbos candles. That's the If you only have the option of one, Shabbos candle should be first because of Shalom bayis. 
Continues the Rambam, as we see in Jewish law, that Hashem's name would be erased for the sake of peace between a husband and a wife. What is this talking about, obviously? What's the Rambam referring to? That Hashem's name would be erased. This is talking about the laws of a sota. A sota is a woman who's suspected for committing adulterous behavior. And we're not sure if she's guilty or not. But since she's being accused, she would be brought to the temple. And she would have to, they would take a piece of parchment, write Hashem's name on it, take that parchment with Hashem's name and put it into a cup of water. So the ink that you wrote on the parchment, Hashem's name, will dissolve into the cup of water. And what are you going to do with this water? Hence the name, the holy water. This is where it comes from because it has Hashem's name dissolved into the water. The woman would have to take this water, the holy water, and she would drink it. If she was guilty, the water, the holy water with Hashem's name would of course detect the truth. And if she's guilty, it would basically eat up her insides. And the Talmud goes through all the details and how this works. And basically she would die from it. If she was innocent and she never actually sinned, even though she's being accused that she sinned with somebody. Nevertheless, she didn't sin so that she's proven innocent, the water will turn into be a blessing for her. And the Talmud goes through a whole list of blessings. She, if she never had any kids, now she'll have a kid. She had a kid, she'll have this kind of kid, that kind of, all kinds of blessings. So the point that you see from this is that we're willing, the Torah says that Hashem is willing, He, he agrees for the sake of to prove innocence for this woman Hashem says, it's worth it. I'm willing to have my name be erased, even though we never erase Hashem's name. That's considered to be a sin. But in this case, Hashem says, I'm willing for my name to be erased in order to bring peace between a husband and wife. Let's understand exactly again, what does this mean that it's peace for a husband and wife? Because the law is that if a woman would be found guilty just to the point that she was in a private place with another man, she would not, if she would, if, if we're suspecting that she's guilty, she's not allowed to come home and live with her husband. If, certainly, if she's guilty, she can never come back to her husband. You're not allowed to live together with, with her, or it would be also vice versa, by the way. This happens to be the laws for the women. But it would be vice versa too. If he would go, a man would go and sin with somebody, you can't be back with your spouse. It's a serious sin. So that means that if we have a way that we could prove her innocency, then she's now allowed to be back with her husband. So that's called erasing Hashem's name in order to bring peace between this couple, that they could be able to be together again now. So therefore, if you could erase Hashem's name to bring peace between a couple, So when it comes to using a candle, if you can only afford, or you only have a candle for lighting Shabbos candles, or a candle for your Hanukkah, let's, therefore the Rambam rules, you should do the Shabbos candles first, because that represents Shalom bias. And then the Rambam continues, Gadol HaShalom, great is peace, because the entire Torah was given for the sake of peace. 
How do we know that the Torah was given just to bring peace in the world? Because it says in a verse, The ways of the Torah are pleasant. And everything about it is for peace. So you have a clear biblical verse that says that it's all about pleasantness and peace. That's the point why Hashem gave us the Torah. So again, that's the halacha of the Rambam. Now, the source for the Rambam comes from the Talmud and tractate Shabbos. And in Shabbos, over there it says only, it says that Shabbos candles is better because of Shalom bias. That's it. The Rambam goes through a long, lengthy discussion. He says that if you have a candle or for Shabbos or a candle for Hanukkah, and then he goes to another scenario. If you have a candle for Shabbos or Kiddush, then he says your Shabbos candles goes first, goes Shalom Bayez. Then he goes into whole proof because if Hashem's name is we willing to be erased, to bring Shalom, so for sure when it comes to between Shalom, between a per a couple, the Shabbos candles goes first. And then he makes a new declaration statement, the Rambam, that Shalom is so important, the whole Torah was giving to the world to bring Shalom. Says the Rebbe, we have to understand something. What's going on over here? What pressed the Rambam? What pushed him to add a proof that Hashem's name would be willing to be erased for sake of peace? Therefore, I'm saying that Shabbos candles goes first. The Talmud, which is his source, doesn't go on to bring that proof. Why did the Rambam feel the necessity to say that proof? And more specifically, we need to understand, after the proof that Hashem's name would be willing to be erased for the sake of peace, the Rambam adds his own idea that great is peace because the whole Torah was given for peace. Why did he have to add that? What pushed him to do that? Another thing we need to understand, the proof itself from the Rambam, the way we understand the Rambam simply is, is to teach us that if the name of God could be erased to, to make peace, that shows you the greatness of peace. Meaning that the, the severity of erasing God's name is a huge thing. It's a huge thing. You're not allowed to just erase Hashem's name. If you wrote Hashem's name, you're not allowed to throw it in the garbage. There are many things in laws of fixing Torahs. You can't erase a word or fix a word. If it's God's name, that's something's wrong with it. It's a very complicated thing. If you have God's name written on a paper, you have to bury it. It's like a serious thing. So the Rambam wants to point out the great distance that we would go for the sake of peace, even erase Hashem's name. So how much more so when it comes to the question of a Shabbos candle and a Hanukkah? That Shabbos candles would go first. But the Rebbe says, we need to understand in our case here, this seemingly there's no similarity between the two. The Rebbe was bringing this whole similarity of erasing Hashem's name for the Saita. He says, making peace between husband and wife regarding to a Sota, the suspected woman, is talking about to permit a woman to her husband. That means it's a peace that's important to the existence of the family function of the life of the family to be able to have parents a mother and a father under the same roof and we know that when you have a husband and a wife together under the same roof God's presence the divine presence of Hashem rests there and another benefit of having a couple to be able to live together because we know that when a couple separates and they have to go through a divorce it says that the altar, the Mizbeach in the temple, 
sheds tears. It cries. The temple, one of the main artifacts in the temple, sheds tears and cries when a divorce happens in this world. So we understand that for all of these reasons, it's such a serious thing, even though it's such a serious thing to raise Hashem's name, Hashem says, I'm willing to do it. Because if I could help to prove her innocency, that they can get back together for all the above reasons, it's worth it. But when it comes to Shalom, for Shabbos, What's the whole reason of lighting Shabbos candles? You light the Shabbos candles in order that when the husband comes home from work after a whole week, we're assuming that the husband is the one who's out trying to make a living. He's certainly not the guy, right, that knows how to cook the food and prepare the house for Shabbos. So even if the woman's a working woman, she knows Friday not to work or at least to come home many, many hours not to work after afternoon time probably to prepare the house and Shabbos, she's not going to rely on her husband. Okay, I understand. So when the husband comes in the last minute, comes into the house for Shabbos and there's a broom on the floor and he trips on the broom, who is he going to blame? His wife. So it starts to make a whole ruckus in the house. So in order to avoid somebody tripping and screaming and making a whole fight, so you should light the candles. So if the woman's lighting the candles, everybody's much more careful and you have light in the house. That's one of the ideas where it comes from why candles is a symbolic idea to Shalom Bias. Another reason why that source that's brought down why you light Shabbos candles is because we want to avoid people in a household from being in pain and sitting in dark. So you want to make sure that you should have light. Now, of course, nowadays you have electricity. You still do it for all this symbolic spiritual reasons of these ideas. So it brings Shalom Bayes and nobody should trip over uh, wood or a stone. And it's also that people shouldn't have to sit in the dark uncomfortable. So he says, what's the connection? What's the proof from the Shalom that postpones, pushes aside the mitzvah of not to erase God's name when it comes to a a whole different concept of a mitzvah. The concept of the mitzvah of Hanukkah is a different story. It's about publicizing the miracle of Hanukkah. So what's the connection of these two things? The Rambam makes a connection that Shalom Bayes of Shabbos candles is more important, but he says, and the proof from the story of erasing Hashem's name for Shalom, that's a different story. Erasing Hashem's name for Shalom Bayes, that's a huge thing. You can't compare it to this huge thing of the miracle of Hanukkah. So what's his proof of one to the other? See, in other words, it seems like his proof is out of place in connection to spreading the miracle of Hanukkah. Another question he asks, in the law itself of the Rambam, the Rambam shortens and changes from the use of words of this law the way the Talmud says it. In Gemara Shabbos it says, first of all, in the Gemara it says, two separate cases. Candles for Shabbos, candles for Hanukkah. Candles for Shabbos is better because of Shalom Bayis. Then the Gemara says a separate case. If you have Shabbos candles or wine for Kiddush, one of the option or the other, Shabbos candles comes first because Shalom Bayis is more important. So the Talmud brings it in two separate cases. The Rambam includes both cases together in one statement. The Rambam says that if you have a candle for Shabbos or a candle for Hanukkah, candle for Shabbos and a cup of wine or a cup of wine, then Shabbos candles comes first. In the Gemara, both after each one, it says Shalom Bayis comes first. 
Another thing is, the Gemara, it says that lighting Shabbos candles is better. And the Rambam says lighting Shabbos candles precedes. Is there a difference? The Rambam quoted, quoting the, the Talmud, but he doesn't use the word better. He uses the word precedes it. So again, when you're talking, you know, if you're comparing and learning properly, you want to understand why there's a difference in use of word. Is Shabbos candles better or is Shabbos candle comes first? So to understand this, we also have to understand uh, another idea. It's knowing that even somewhere where the Rambam sticks in al-halacha, the place where he places his halacha is also precise. Now we have a question. Why does the Rambam bring down the whole idea of this even question? What comes first? Shabbos candles or Hanukkah candles in the laws of Hanukkah? Wouldn't it make more sense that he should put the subject about Shabbos candles is more precedes Hanukkah candles in the laws of Shabbos? Why did he bring it in the laws of Hanukkah? Is there a reason why he said it in the laws of Hanukkah and not in the laws of Shabbos? Even though it, it's true, it's not a law that's relevant to every single Shabbos. It's only relevant to Shabbos that's also Hanukkah. That's true. <laughs> because it's, oh, the question is only if it's Friday, Shabbos, Friday, Hanukkah, and Shabbos together. So you have to know which one to do. But the bottom line is the stress of the mitzvah is about the power of the Shabbos candle. About that Shabbos candle is a shalom bias that comes before the value of, of Hanukkah. So seemingly he should have wrote it in the laws of Shabbos. And we could ask the question even stronger, he says. The second law that says that Shabbos candles come before Kiddush, that for sure has no connection to Hanukkah, only to Shabbos. And where does he bring it down? He brings it down, like, by the way, also regarding Kiddush, you should know that Shabbos candles comes first. That for sure should have not been brought here, it should have been brought only in the laws of Shabbos. So why does the Rambam bring it down? In the laws of Hanukkah. And even more we could ask on this subject. There, there's something called the Shulchan Aruch. Everybody knows the Shulchan Aruch means a code of Jewish law. There's also called the Torah. The Torah was the lengthy version that Yosef Cairo wrote on law. And then he shortened it down to the Shulchan Aruch. He called, so first it was called the Torah. And then it became called the Shulchan Aruch. So the Torah is still available to study. People that are studying for smicha a lot of times want to understand the background, how you come to this, these conclusions of laws. right? Like I once shared with you the example of this idea of understanding a law all the way through and through. So I shared with you once that, that um, my father once told me that, uh, or once we had a guest that came to the house, I said, who's this guy? He said, this guy, he fixes my elevators in our warehouse. So I asked this guy, I said, how often do you have to fix the elevators? <laughs> you know, you're good friends with my dad, you know, but how often do you fix elevators? So he said to me, he said, look, it depends. If I want to just fix it to get it going, it doesn't take me so long. An hour or two, I can get it going. But if I want to get to the bottom of the problem, it could take me two, three days. Now, what's the advantage of getting to the bottom of the problem? Because then you could fix the source of the problem and then you don't have to worry about it again for a very long time because you got to the bottom of it. It's the same thing when it comes to halacha. A person that learns only the bottom line halacha, it's very nice. But how do you apply it to a million different scenarios? It's very difficult. But the person that studies all the background of how the halacha came to the bottom line halacha, 
then you understand how to rule in a million different scenarios in the gray areas of question, right? That's why you, when you have a question in halacha, you not just you want to open the book. It's not always clear in the book. You have to go to a rabbi, a competent person. Sometimes that rabbi goes to a more senior rabbi because the more a person learns and understands the background. So that's called the Torah and the Shulchan Aruch. So now back to here. In the Torah and the Shulchan Aruch over there, we find the same law. And over there it says that Shabbos candles comes before Hanukkah candles. And in both instances it says, where, it is, where does it quote this point? That Shabbos candles comes before Hanukkah candles in the laws of Shabbos, actually. <laughs> and it repeats itself again in the laws of Hanukkah. That's fascinating. You see, in the Shulchan Aruch, it says it twice the same law. If you're studying the laws of Shabbos, you'll find it there. If you're studying the laws of Hanukkah, you'll also find it there. But the Rambam only mentions this halacha that Shabbos candles come first in the laws of Hanukkah. Is there a reason for this? And even if you want to say that's not the common practice of the Rambam, to quote his same law twice anywhere, he always says his law only once. Like we see there's a book called, there's a book that has called Yad Malachi, and over there it brings the, the, the rules, principal rules in, under, in the Rambam's rules and how he structured out his whole set of books. So over there he says, that the, the way of the Rambam style, the style learning of the Rambam is that he explained, if he explains something well in one place, in the, in the next place where the similar subject comes up, he's very brief. Because he's relying that you remember what he said the first time in length. Therefore, there's no point for him to, to say it again. Now... If that's the point that he relies on what you said before, what happened in the Torah and the Shulchan Aruch? Over there, we don't see that rule, and therefore they do repeat it many times. And you may want to be able to decipher a little bit the difference of the Shulchan Aruch and the Rambam. The word Shulchan Aruch means, Shulchan means a table, Aruch is with the ayin spelt. Aruch with Aleph means a long table. Aruch with Ayin, which is our sub, Shulchan Aruch, it means a prepared table. It's like a table, a meal, it's all ready to go. So that's what we call the name of the Book of Laws. The Shulchan Aruch is all the laws of the Torah prepared, all ready to go. You just have to open the book and you know what the law is, right? That's without getting into the whole big background. So he says, maybe you could say that the difference is that in the Shulchan Aruch, it's about being a prepared tray of all the laws out there. So therefore, every time when I have to know what to do, now I'm going to study the laws of Hanukkah. So I want to have the laws there again. Now I'm studying the laws of Shabbos. I want to have it there again. But when it comes to the Rambam, the Rambam says no. The Rambam says my style book. He doesn't call it Shulchan Aruch. It happens to be the Code of Jewish Law, but with a different name. It's called the Yad Rambam. Or there's other names of it. Ramba means his, his acronym for his name. Ramayshem Maimin. Yad HaChazaka. Yad means this hand. And hand is, is spelled Yud Dalid is 14. And because there's 14 volumes to his book, so we call it the Yad HaChazaka, the mighty hand. But the point is, the Rambam says himself that my book is a short version of understanding all the oral Torah. He says, actually, first a person should study the written Torah and then study my book. And from here, you'll understand everything, how to, how to conduct your life. And you don't have to read any other book, the Rambam says. So in other words, the point of his thing is the knowledge to know it. So for knowing it, you don't have to say it a second time. Right? Do you remember the saying I always say? That if you didn't hear me the first time, you're not going to hear me the second time. In other words, if it, it says it once, 
you should know it by now, right? That's the point, the way the Rambam's point is, right? Or like I told you, the guy in, in New York, he was a wealthy guy and everybody used to come to him and ask him for loans. Sometimes he didn't like to give a person a loan for whatever reason. So sometimes once a guy came to him and said, uh, Rabbi, did you not hear me that I asked you for a loan? He said, sir, listen, I heard you. The fir- if I didn't hear you the first time, he said, I'm not going to hear you the second time either. <laughs> in other words, he's saying, you know, so when it comes to the Ramam, the Ramam says, I say it once and that's it. You should already remember it and know it or reread my book. That's the way the Ramam style goes. So in our case, where the Rambam would assume that you maybe know it from somewhere else, but he doesn't say it in the laws of Shabbos. Why doesn't he say it in the laws of Shabbos? So why does he say it specifically in the laws of Hanukkah? So to explain this, he says like this, we could explain this, that there's a difference in the whole perspective of what is the obligations and the categories of lighting Shabbos candles. The Rambam said in the laws of Shabbos that the point of lighting candles, of course he talks about lighting candles, by the way, it's just this question, whether candles are Shabbos, whether candles are Hanukkah, this, this piece of halacha is only in the laws of Hanukkah. But in the laws of Shabbos he says that the point of lighting candles on Shabbos is part of the mitzvah to have pleasure on Shabbos. There's a mitzvah called Oneg Shabbos. Oneg means pleasure. So part of the mitzvah to have pleasure is to have candles lit in your house. And the Ramam says another, another point why you light candles is for kavod Shabbos, for the glory of Shabbos. To glorify the Shabbos, to give kavod to Shabbos, you should have a Shabbos candles. That's what the Rambam says. So he says, Oneg Shabbos and Kavod Shabbos. He does not write in the laws of Shabbos that the reason why we light Shabbos candles is for Shalom Bias. The Rambam does not say that. <laughs> he only says it's for Oneg Shabbos and for Kavod Shabbos. Seemingly, it's a total wondrous point. Since the Rambam holds in the, the laws of Hanukkah, he said here in the laws of Hanukkah that Shabbos candles comes first when you have the option of Shabbos candles or Hanukkah candles. You should light Shabbos candles. Why? Because it's Shalom Bayis. That's what he should have said then in the laws of Shabbos. He should have said the whole purpose of lighting Shabbos candles is Shalom Bayis. But yet we find in the laws of Shabbos that he only says it's for pleasure and for glorification. He doesn't say because of Shalom Bayis. What happened there? So it's understood that according to the Rambam, the main principle of candles on Shabbos is not because of Shalom Bayis. It's really because of Kavod and Oneg. That's it. And even though that through lighting candles, there's an additional accomplishment at the end of the day that it also helps for Shalom Bayis because nobody will trip and nobody will have to sit in the dark. But nevertheless, that's not the main reason of the mitzvah. It's like a side benefit that comes out. The fact that the Ramam doesn't say in the laws of Shabbos that it's for Shalom Bayis, that means that he holds that it's a side point, side benefit to Shalom Bayis. But the main mitzvah is actually a pleasurable experience of a Shabbos to have the candles or for the glorify. So based on this, we could ask that the law is that Shabbos candles is better than Shalom Bayis, but Shalom Bayis is not because of Shalom Bayis, Shalom Bayis is not the category of the mitzvah. 
We just established that the Rambam does not mention Shalom Bais as the main category of Shabbos candles. So why is it better? Why does it trump? So this the Rambam helps us to understand by putting this law not in the laws of Shabbos, but in the laws of Hanukkah. The fact that he puts it in the laws of Hanukkah helps us to understand that it's a different point. It's not about Shalom Bayes. And the Rambam adds here something even more than the Talmud. The Rambam's of the opinion that since lighting Shabbos candles is not mainly for the mitzvah of Shalom Bayes. Shalom Bayes is a side benefit that comes out. But don't sell that mitzvah to yourself or to somebody else. That it's because of Shalom Bayes. You should sell it that it's because of Oneg Shabbos or Kavod Shabbos. That's why he didn't put this point of Shalom Bayes in the laws of Shabbos. He only put it into Hanukkah. And when he puts it into Hanukkah, he adds the whole idea of that Hashem's name would be erased even for Shalom Bayes. Because here he wants to teach us this novelty that the point of Shabbos candles first is because of Shalom Bayes. It's not in the reason of Shabbos. Because for that, Shabbos candles would come first. And that's why it pushes away Hanukkah candles. Like we said before, Shalom Bayis is not the the purpose of the mitzvah of Shabbos candles. But because Shalom is such a great thing, that's why he says it trumps over Hanukkah candles. In other words, it's not because Shabbos Shalom Bayis. It's because Shalom is greater. Shalom in general is greater. So when you have a question about Shalom concept or non-Shalom concept, something that's not related to Shalom, Shalom is going to come first or Shalom bias comes first. But when it comes to the question of Shabbos itself, Shabbos is a different point. Shabbos is not just the concept of Shalom bias. So in our law here, the fact that Shabbos candles comes before Shalom bias even is part of the laws of Hanukkah because the whole point of the Torah was given was to make peace. And that's why the Raman put it in the laws of Hanukkah. And for here, that's why he brings the, the proof about Hashem's name would be erased for the sake of Shalom. And Shalom is not something that's so big that for this, it's not just that it's so big that for this it, you would push aside such an important prohibition of not erasing Hashem's name. But even to begin with, you're allowed to write Hashem's name for the purpose that you're going to erase it in a few minutes. A few minutes later, we're going to put this Hashem's name into a cup of water in order to make peace between a couple. So the writing Hashem's name itself has such a holiness and strength that it, its effect, its effect, effectiveness is revealed through the fact that I'm going to erase it because it's going to make peace. And now we understand why According to the Rambam, because his, his emphasis is that Shalom is so big. Shalom concept in general, Shalom Bayez is so big. Because look, Hashem is willing to write his name and raise his name, everything just for Shalom Bayez. Because Shalom is so big, now it's very pleasurable. It's a sweet. It sweetens the idea why the Rambam changes one word from the Talmud. He writes that Shabbos candles comes first. It precedes, different than the Gemara that said that Shabbos candles is better. When you say something is better, you could interpret that to mean that the mitzvah of Shabbos candles has some kind of value that's better than the second point of lighting Hanukkah candles. And therefore, the, this is better than this one, therefore the better one comes first. According to the Rambam, he doesn't want to use the word better because Hanukkah candles are also huge. 
advertising the mitzvah, publicizing the mitzvah of the, the miracle is huge too. The rabbi says, I'm not here to say which one's better. They're both equally better. The only thing is that Shalom Bayes will come first. It's not about better. That's why the Rambam uses the word precedes, not uses, not using the word better. Again, better means that Shabbos candles is better than Hanukkah. So if you had a scale, right, Shabbos candles would weigh down stronger. The Rambam says, no, not, it doesn't weigh down heavier one or the other. It's just that when you have this choice, one is going to go in front of the other. It's not about which one, it's not higher or better. It's just which one goes in front. In front, Shabbos candles. To explain this a little bit more is the following. When we talk about Shalom, it's not in a way that one mitzvah or one prohibition pushes away another one because it's better. The way the Rambam puts it, Gadol HaShalom. The whole Shalom is so great, the whole Torah was given for Shalom. Since the whole Torah, the whole concept of the whole Torah was to make peace in the world, it's understood that when it comes an opportunity to do a mitzvah that's connected with Shalom, literally, literally the mitzvah of candles to Shabbos is literally connected to Shalom. So you can't see that this mitzvah is going to affect Shalom and therefore it pushes off another mitzvah. The other mitzvah is also a mitzvah from the Torah, or even if it's a mitzvah that the rabbis instituted. Because through fulfilling this mitzvah, you bring Shalom in a real way, which is the point of the reason why we have that mitzvah is to bring the second point. The lighting Shabbos candle brings Shalom. Now we understand also why the Rambam broke it up into two separate points. Sorry, he combined it to two separate points. The Rambam combined it to two scenarios. Scenario one is if you have enough for Shabbos candles or for Hanukkah. Scenario two is if you have enough for Shabbos candles or for wine for Kiddush. And he gave one ruling on the two scenarios. The Talmud says Shalom is greater after each scenario. The Rambam says both scenarios together. Why? Why did he include them together and not separate them into two like the Talmud? Because he wants to stress the point that it's not two separate details or commandments. Shabbos candles are pushing away Hanukkah candles or pushing away Kiddush. It's one mitzvah. There's one halacha. It's one halacha. It's all from the same Hashem. It's one halacha. Shabbos candles, Hanukkah, Kiddush. But since Shalom trumps, Shalom is already a supersedes everything. Even the Hanukkah candles and even Kiddush. Therefore, what's equal between them all is only the preceding point of it. That's it. Now, to make this even more geshmak, as we say in Yiddish, to make it even more enjoyable, the connection from the greatness of Shalom with the whole Torah to the laws of Hanukkah. Hanukkah is not just a little detail in the whole Torah, which was given for Shalom for the whole world. Hanukkah is connected to the entire Torah. Where do we see that? The Rambam gives a very lengthy discussion in the beginning of the laws of Hanukkah of the purpose why we celebrate Hanukkah. What's the point of this whole celebration of this Hanukkah. So he said, Rambam points it out like this, he says, in the time of the second temple, when the Greeks, the, the, the sovereignty of the Greeks were, were, were so powerful, and they made all different kinds of decrees on the Jews, 
they tried to nullify religion and they did not allow Jews to toil in Torah and to do mitzvahs. They did not allow us to do that. Until our sounds went off to Hashem and Hashem saved us and etc, etc. He goes through all the details. And because of this, our sages instituted that in every single generation, for eight days, it should be days of simcha and halal. Days of joy and days of praise. That's why in the morning we say, we praise Hashem, we say the whole halal. In all our davenings, we say Val hanisim. We say praises, right? It's all about using words of praises. So it's days of joy and, and halal. That means the whole purpose of Hanukkah, the whole theme of Hanukkah, is not just something specific happened in a certain mitzvah all of a sudden was allowed to be performed after we, we had the miracle of Hanukkah. Like other holidays or other mitzvahs that the sages instituted. But Hanukkah is much greater. Hanukkah is connected a certain salvation to the entire decree that they had. The decree was on the entire religious practice of Torah and mitzvahs. That means that Hanukkah is connected to everything, not just to one specific mitzvah. They tried to get us to stop doing all Torah and mitzvahs, not just one area. Based on this, we understand the connection of the law that that Shabbos candles comes precedes to the laws of Hanukkah specific because of the greatness of Shalom to the entire Torah. It's because Hanukkah is part of the entire Torah. Since, however, the Rambam is, goes on to a lengthy discussion, the idea of Shalom in the laws of Hanukkah, it's befitting to say that when it comes to Shalom, Shalom has a specific connection more to Hanukkah. How do we see, where do we see that it has more of a connection to Hanukkah? Shalom has more of a connection to Hanukkah than to everything else of the whole year. This we can understand that we find that in service of to Hashem, the accomplishment of doing Torah mitzvahs is expressed in two categories. A positive category and a negative category. Meaning a positive commandment, I am your God, or the negative commandment, don't worship any other God. So that means there's a positive instruction and a don't do instruction. So in general, that's the difference between positive mitzvahs in general and negative mitzvahs. So the first two mitzvahs of the Ten Commandments, positive and negative, is also the general concept of all the positive and all the negative. The 248 positives and 365 negatives. There's also the seven mitzvahs that the rabbis instituted. That we, we don't do those mitzvahs because the rabbis instituted. We do them because the Torah said you should do what the sages said instructed. So when the sages said to do things, they said do things. It's all in the positive ones. Light the candles. Make an Arab. They said certain things that you have to do. Read the Megillah. So the, but the point of the reason of all these mitzvahs is to help us to push away any negativities the way it's explained in other places. But that's the general concept, the difference between Shabbos and Hanukkah. The category of Shabbos and the category of Hanukkah has two different categories. Shabbos is mainly the theme of positive, positive. In other words, um, um, it's, it's, not, it's not passive, it's active. Shabbos is much more active. It's much more 
instructional, you got to do this. Like the Rambam puts in the beginning of the laws of Shabbos, he says, on the seventh day, it has to be a day of rest. It's a biblical commandment, says the Rambam, that the verse says on the seventh day, you should rest. Even though most of the laws of Shabbos are in the category of don't do things, the 39 prohibitions of not doing work, nevertheless, the Rambam starts off that the main point of Shabbos is the positive doing that you have to do, you must rest. You must rest on Shabbos. It's a positive instruction. You must do this. It's a biblical instruction, a biblical positive commandment. Ubayom hashvi tishbos, on the seventh day you should rest. Because the idea of resting on Shabbos is not something of a don't do. It's a do. Right? Like it says in the beginning of creation, the world was created missing something and Hashem added the concept of rest. You have to have rest. On the other hand, what's the whole idea of Hanukkah? Like the Rambam lengthily goes through the subject in the beginning of the laws of Hanukkah. There were decrees put on us. They tried to nullify the practicing of mitzvahs. They didn't allow us to study Torah, to do mitzvahs. They chased us for this. Until the Chashmanoim rose and strengthened and got rid of them. So that means that the whole point is of Hanukkah is getting rid of something. It's not the activeness of the Torah mitzvah. It's getting rid of those that weren't allowing us. In other words, getting rid of the obstacle. Getting rid of something that's the obstacle of my learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. After that came the, the concept of being simcha and halal and lighting the candles. It became a positive thing to do. But that's only after you get rid of the negativity. First job of Hanukkah was to get rid of the negative forces that were not letting us do Torah mitzvahs. Once he did, once he got rid of the negative, then it became a positive practice of things to do on Hanukkah. So that's different than Shabbos. Shabbos starts off, it's a positive thing. In the Rambam says it's a positive commandment to rest. Hanukkah starts off, it's a negative thing, get rid of the negative. So you see, it's a different point. So with based on this, we could also understand regarding Shabbos candles or Hanukkah candles. The concept of Shabbos candles, like the whole idea of Shabbos, is a positive thing. Pleasure, you must have pleasure, you must rest, you have to have glory, give glory to Hashem. That's why the Rambam says in the, in the laws of Shabbos that Shabbos candles is all about Oneg and Kavod. It's to add Oneg and cover to the Shabbos, you have to have Shabbos candles. But at the end of the day, since lighting Shabbos candles is about bringing light, so I also get the second accomplishment of the lighting Shabbos candles. What's the second accomplishment? Second accomplishment is that I get rid of any negative forces that don't allow the Shalom in the house. In other words, I shouldn't be able to have something that could disturb the Shalom bias, something that's going to that's going to disturb my calmness of Shabbos if I have to sit in the dark or the troubles that somebody may trip on something. So you see that Shabbos starts off with the point of the positive things and then, then automatically we have a prevention of a negative. Hanukkah is the opposite, as we said. Even though Shabbos, you light the candles and you publicize the miracle which is positive, which is true. And therefore, you have to be very careful to light the candles and to notify people that I'm lighting it because of my praise to God and thanking Him for these miracles that happened to us. But on the other hand, what's the cause that brought about 
this experience of lighting the candles and publicizing the miracle. It's that I have now no more negative forces that are stopping me to do Torah mitzvahs. That's all gone. Those that didn't allow us to do mitzvahs are finito. And Hashem saved us from their hands by giving the chashmonoim the upper hand to win and so on. So you see the way it goes, the two points. And therefore, and by the way, you see also this point when you light the candles. The Rambam says that you should say when you light the candle, there's a prayer to say. In Chabad, we have the beautiful tune called You look into the blue sitter, it's a beautiful paragraph there. It brings out the whole essence of what the holiday is. And over there, we have the words that's from the Rambam also. It says, madlikin, we light the candles. Al HaTeshua, is for the Teshua, for the salvation. Val HaNisim, for the miracle. Val HaNiflos, for the wonders that He made us. But again, all those thinking, positive things of thinking Hashem only comes after there's no more negative forces that don't let us do mitzvahs. And therefore, when it comes, the question, whether Shabbos candles or whether Hanukkah, and He says Shabbos, or Shabbos candles or Kiddush cups, He says in the laws of Hanukkah, that Shabbos candles precedes. Since Shabbos candles, the effect of the Shabbos candles is that you bring in a kind of light that will affect also a Shalom bias in the literal material sense of your relationship. From here I understand that it's through this that my accomplishment of the theme of Shalom will happen more when I mention this concept of Shalom in the laws of Hanukkah Therefore, it comes out that this halacha is going to be in the Hanukkah laws that the Shabbos candles precedes. And for this, the Rambam brings a proof. That where does he bring this proof that there shouldn't be any negativity? He brings it and you have to have an additional light and holiness. He doesn't bring it down. He doesn't say it's only in the laws of Hanukkah. He says it's something that's related to the entire Torah. Look, Hashem's name can be erased to bring shalom between a couple. That's a general rule. It's nothing to do just with Hanukkah. This greatness of Hashem's name, uh, the Hashem's name means the, you know, the, 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 the tetragram name. The yud ke vav ke name, the yud he and the vav he, which is the, it's the, it has three names if you look into many sources. In the Pardis it calls it the Shem Ha'etzem, the, the name of the essence of Hashem. In the Talmud and Sota it calls it, and the Rambam says also it's called the Shem HaMefoyrash, the way we say it in our Davenings of Yom Kippur, it's the explicit name of Hashem. And in another place, in a few places in the, in the Talmud, it, says, it also uses the name of Hashem called the Shem HaMiyuchad. It's very the specific name. It, whichever phrase you want to use, the, the name of the essence of Hashem, the name of, of specific, the, His unique name, and when the name of Hashem should get written with ink on a, on a physical piece of parchment, it's the highest level of bringing God's name into this world because I took such a holiness name of God and I'm writing it on a piece of parchment with a physical material substances, ink and parchment. And nevertheless, we see that you could, to begin with, write this holy name with the intention to erase it and bring peace between a couple. So the whole point is a positive experience here to bring more holiness into this world for the sake of what? Shalom. To get rid of any negativity that could be between the people. That there shouldn't be any separation between a couple. And the Ramam continues and he adds more. Gadol HaShalom. 
Shalom is so huge because that's the reason why the whole Torah was given into the world. To bring Shalom for the entire world. Torah was given. Given. What does it mean given? Given means transferring from above to below. Not just to add holiness. Its whole concept is the Shalom, is the holiness. And Shalom is necessary. Where? Where is Shalom necessary? In a place where there could be separation and arguments. And we have to nullify those arguments. That means the whole Torah, all the commandments, including all those things that are, that are revealed. And the idea is to be in a, a positive instruction to add and reveal the holiness of the light of Hashem, the holiness of Hashem. And the whole purpose is to bring Shalom into the world and, null, and nullify any negativity to there. Now, he goes through one more point uh, that goes a drop deeper, but it's just so gishmak, you can't stop here. <laughs> he says like this, the truth and the completion of Shalom is not just the fact that any negative forces, any fighting w- will be nullified. And now all of a sudden it's going to be Shalom. It becomes in a situation that there is no negative. Not just that I subdue the negative. You actually made it in a way that there is no other side. There is no, it just doesn't exist. The things that we were fighting about just doesn't exist anymore. It's a non-existent. That means that when that when it's revealed that the second person's existence is not just not a contradiction to me, it's not any different than me, it's one entity with me. So in other words, when is there a fight? When two people think that they're each representing another view. But when you realize that you're both here for the same cause, there is no, it's not a second view. It's a view on the same subject. So take, for example, which is a common thing that parents could be arguing about something about a child, right? If you view it that I have to be right and, you are, and you're wrong, then we can't get along about it. But when it's not about me being right or you being wrong or you being right or me being wrong, it's about the outcome for the child should be the right outcome. So it's not about a negativity force. It's about that there is no negativity here. Because we're both out for the cause. So the ultimate level of Shalom is at a point when there is no negative third force that's in existence that's disturbing the peace here. And that's the deeper meaning when it says that the Torah was given to make Shalom in the world. The true existence of the world is Torah and godliness. Not just because godliness is the reason for the whole existence of the Torah, like Dr. Rebbe explained in length in the first chapter of his section of the gateways to unity and faith in the Tanya, that Hashem created the world. And Hashem creates the world every single second, ex nihilo, from nothing to something, every single second Hashem is recreating it fresh. The whole, that's not just the point. That it's, in other words, it's not just that godliness is the reason why the world exists. It's because the whole existence is the true creation, which is the true 
essence of anything, which is the point of the truth, which is for Hashem itself. So now, let's understand this with one more point. Olam, which is called the world, Olam also is from the Hebrew, same letters of the, that spell out the word He'elem. Helem, hey ayin lamed mem, means concealment. So when you say this world, it means the world where things are concealed. Now, what's concealed in this world? Godliness is concealed in this world. You don't see godliness in a revealed way in this world. On the contrary, in this, it looks like the world is an entity of its own. You could even think not just. That the, it's in exist. You could think that this world is in existence with no godliness. God forbid. You could think that the world doesn't even need God. You could think that the world is separated from God. You could think that this is a dwelling place with no master to it. Like the person could say, "Wow, there's a country here with no nobody running it." Or you could, so it, to the point that people could think, God forbid, that there's a world without a, somebody running the show. It's because of this that the Torah was given to bring shalom in this world, meaning making peace between the world as a concealment that Hashem is noticeable here in the world. Not just that the world is not against God or a contradiction to God, then it's God forbid. And you always need to come up to God. But you realize that the whole world really is God. There is a plan to this thing. It's funny. Friday I had a guy came over to the house here. He called me. said, I haven't left my house in a week. I was sick. Whatever. He had a kidney problem. He said, first time leaving my house. I came, he came to my house. He wanted to put on tefillin. Okay, so we put on tefillin. He says, Rabbi, something you said on the high holidays stuck with me since the high holidays. Well, the fact that he remembers that, the, that there was a sermon was already a good thing. But he also remembers what was said. He remembers that I said the idea that we have to let go and realize that there's a creator in this world and everything is being ran by Hashem and there's a plan for everything. So I use the example that when you walk by a construction site and you see tractors and trucks and it's muddy and the roads are closed and fences are falling, it looks like a massive chaos. Right? But why don't we lose our mind when you walk by a, a big construction site? Because you know that there's somebody that's responsible and in charge for this whole project. It's costing somebody money as long as it's going, you know? Somebody's accountable for this whole project. So we have to think of when you see something chaos in the world, you got to let go, even if it's in your own self, in your own surroundings. You have to let go and realize that Hashem is in charge of this whole picture. Here he's saying it, it's not just that Hashem is in charge. The world is all about Hashem. It's everything is Hashem if we open up our eyes to this. And therefore, let's continue here, therefore, it's understood that even though in the Torah and the mitzvahs, there are both sides to it and works, the positive side, to bring down light and the negative side, that there shouldn't be anything against bringing down the light. What's the whole purpose and the, the, the name of the game, the purpose of the gain of the whole Torah is... To have both together, to bring shalom in the world of the two forces together, to reveal that the essence of the whole existence of the world is godliness. And this comes through nullifying that any non-truth in the world should be nullified. And anything that's a concealment on godliness should be nullified. Automatically, what are you left with? A world of godliness. And this is the connection with the general idea of Hanukkah. Because the victory for the Jews and the nullifying of any negative sides of the decrees against the Jews, 
that they didn't allow us to do Torah mitzvahs, came through this, that the Chashmonoim in their days went on a self-sacrifice to sanctify Hashem's name. It's unheard of. It was the only war ever that Jews went against the government itself that was fighting us, didn't let us, the reason why we did it, because they pushed us to the corner, because they didn't allow us to practice our mitzvahs and study Torah. So they went on a self-sacrifice. Ah, self-sacrifice comes from where? From the essence of your soul. And this is the level that brings out the truth of the world, that there's nothing to begin with, there's nothing here to worry about, about something that's an obstacle to serving Hashem. You think, if you realize that it's only about Hashem, then you're ready to give up everything just for Hashem. And this happened that the Jews became stronger and we were able to get rid of them and the strength of the kingdom of Israel came back and there was true shalom and peace there. From all this, it's understood that if all year round there has to be a great effort in the midst of lighting Shabbos candles and that every Jewish daughter, even before their weddings, as soon as they reach the age of education, which usually means five, the Rebbe has stressed the idea from three even, because that's already, they're talking already. So from that point, they should be lighting Shabbos candles. On the days, if you have to do this all year round, on the days of Hanukkah, it's even more important that we should utilize every day of Hanukkah specifically with the greatest efforts, with the greatest participations, not just in the lighting, in, in the project of Hanukkah, but also to strengthen the Shabbos candles too. So on Shabbos Hanukkah, Arab Shabbos Hanukkah, we have to strengthen both campaigns. And this has to be with greater work and effort and it take with it the days of the Hanukkah, the days that come and the days that follow Hanukkah and when we will gather together all the candles of the mitzvah, Shabbos candles and Hanukkah candles. Then you will have a torch, a big torch, because a torch is made up from a few different candles together. That will light, that will light up the darkness of the exile and Mashiach will be able to come already, have the revelation when we'll have the true shalom in the whole world. As it says that in the, those days when Mashiach comes, there won't be any hunger, there won't be any war, there won't be any jealousy or fighting. Because when Mashiach comes, Every, the world will be fixed that the entire world will want to serve Hashem in unity when everybody's going to turn over to be able to serve Hashem and it will be fulfilled, the idea that we're going to be able to see the candles in Zion, meaning in the Beis HaMikdash, in the temple, and the lighting the menorah with the third Beis HaMikdash. And this is a sikha that the Rebbe said in 1975. So with this we conclude this beautiful sikha.